0: Podcast. I'm Lisa. That's Ted. He's sitting across from me.
1: Over here. I'm over here. So
0: i the partner over there, and we are excited to welcome you to episode number 25. This is about being average.
1: Yeah. This is the Monster Baby Podcast, a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation.
0: Yeah. And in this, we explore the the improv maxim as featured in Patricia Ryan Madsen's book Improv Wisdom. Be average. That's the maxim that we're that we're exploring.
1: And yeah, this episode. Uh, It might not be great.
0: It might It might might not. We were not shooting for excellent. We were just allowing ourselves to say what it was So we so we kind of we explored the world of being average the applications where it is applicable where it's not applicable Mm -hmm. And we hope you like it. You're
1: gonna hear a couple references to the Broadway production of Hamilton Which we both recently saw if you haven't seen it. I don't think we spoiled anything.
0: No, we're totally obsessed with it.
1: Yeah, we're uh, Hamiltonians. No, we're Hamiltotes <laughs> Hamiltons. I think
0: we're just going to move along here. <laughs> I think we're going to let this one go. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're fans. We're fans. Uh,
1: so, yeah, enjoy the episode and uh, give a shout out at the end. Let us know what you think. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Thanks for listening, as always.
1: Mm-hmm. Be well, people. Be well.
0: Well then, let's begin.
1: Let's begin. Um, so, hello Lisa Rowland.
0: Hello to de Maison.
1: Uh It's been a few short weeks since our last podcast. Mm-hmm.
0: What has happened since our last podcast?
1: Whoa, whoa. Uh, I mean, in, in our lives? Yeah.
0: Have we like been somewhere? Oh, yeah.
1: yes. Well, I had a, a friend come to visit uh-huh. uh, and I saw the musical Hamilton.
0: <laughs> oh my God, yes. That's right. So since last podcast, we have both seen Hamilton. That's
1: right. Uh, yeah, and I was crazy enough, so blown away the first time that I scoured Craigslist and found a fair uh, fair price ticket to go a second time.
0: Yes, on the day that I was going.
1: On the day that you went, and uh, it was even better the second time. Was it better? It was better. Partly because of where I was sitting. Yeah. Because I was in the mezzanine fourth row, so would, like right in front of the full blast of the...
0: Yeah, boom. right center. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think also because I wasn't... Processing everything about it, and so I could just settle in and really enjoy the spectacle and the story. Yeah. So, my friend Melissa that I went with the first time, cried several times during the show, and I thought, "Well, the story's moving," but I, I didn't cry. But the second time, I totally did. Mm. Mr. Weepy. I cried. Many points. It's very moving. It's
0: a stunning. It's a. It's a stunning piece of theater.
1: It's such a fascinating cultural thing. I like it. I know many people haven't seen it, but you know it's got all these rave reviews, and then you think, "Well, oh, could it possibly be?" And could it? And then it is. And then it is. And then it is. It really is.
0: So people go see it if you can. Yeah,
1: it's it's coming to a town near you, eventually in the next two years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so really get on the list. Go go get on go the see list. It.
1: Think look look ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. You?
0: Um. I thought Hamilton. What happened? had a really lovely night away with my mother down in Santa Cruz. Hmm. We discovered that neither of us have the stomachs for roller coasters anymore. Oh, Interesting. We went to the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. We both were so excited about it. We were going to go on all the rides. We went on <laughs> the giant dipper first and both of us were like, oh, huh. That was a...
1: We're done with that.
0: That was a little more than we expected. And then I was like, let's go on the swings. The swings are super chill. Like you just they just lift you up and then they swing, spin you around. And in fact, the swings are torturous. Yeah. It, this is the
1: most like centrifugal force. You're just flying out around the thing as it swings around, that one?
0: Yeah, I mean the things the, the swings are hanging from this right. you know, and then it spins around. But what it does it is it pulses you up, so you're kind of like Oh. So it's not just consistent movement it's like pulsing consistent movement and i realized that what they have done actually is simulate the feeling of when you are really drunk oh wow like when you're really drunk and the world is spinning and you can't focus on anything and it's pretty uncomfortable and you aren't vomiting yet but if it continues this way you're gonna wow it they have managed to simulate that experience and i was like this is who who would ever want to feel this way
1: yeah, that's not, not pleasant for me. Right. Not granted I don't know what that feels like to be drunk that way.
0: It's not, it's the unfun side of drunk. But I believe, you pass yes. through fun and you wind <laughs> up there. Ooh. And uh yeah, pretty pretty awful. So both of us had a uh, great sense of humor about making that discovery You're together. You're
1: done. Yeah, done with the like, oh, roller Oh
0: god. So we had to like sit there for a while and <laughs> calm down and we went to the beach and like de- detoxed. Mm-hmm. And then we went on the carousel, and we were like, "Now we're talking! Now <laughs> we it, can it, do this." Just, just one going sit on a down. horse, and it just goes up yeah. and down. It's the kind of the ride that's made for three-year-olds, and it's like, "Yep, we can handle this."
1: This thing is calibrated to feel exactly like <laughs> you feel after three Shirley Temples.
0: This is, <laughs> is perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Sure. It was perfect, that's, we went on it a number of times. That's great. And then, it was really a fun
1: Santa Cruz Boardwalk. That's a nice date. It was lovely. A nice mom date. I am, uh, speaking of moms, so we're recording this the week before Mother's Day. Yeah. I'm going to go down to Albuquerque and surprise my mother for Mother's Day.
0: Yay! I love it.
1: She doesn't know I'm coming, so...
0: That's so cool. It's
1: going to be a good a good little treat.
0: Yeah. We should mention that we are joined today by, by whom we have dubbed the Monster Baby Podcasts, Simon and Puck. Yeah. And Puck is... Sitting on the table, <laughs> the micro microphones are sitting on. So you may hear you may hear his presence. Simon is sleeping quietly nearby.
1: They're they're everywhere. Yeah. Our other Monster Baby podcast is uh, is back home at my is house. Back at
0: home, yeah. We're at, we're at my place today.
1: So okay.
0: Okay. So so let's let's jam, Ted. Yeah. Let's get to it. Let's get to the the good stuff.
1: So we want to we have the idea to cover today a classic improv tenet. <laughs> the cat is biting my leg.
0: <laughs> Classic
1: improv tenet uh, we learned from Patricia Ryan Matson, author of Improv Wisdom.
0: Who learned it from John? I mean Johnstone. Who John learned it from Stone. Keith Johnstone? Yeah.
1: Be average. Funny to learn it when you're in college, striving to do really well, right? Especially at Stanford. Yeah, you're in a, like, in order to get there, you have to like work your butt off to try to be more than average. Yeah. And then you get there and somebody tells you to just be average.
0: Somebody tells you it's okay to make mistakes and to shoot for average.
1: So what the heck is up with that? How does that work?
0: Which part? What's your, what I mean, you, like, what what you mean? why
1: would Keith Johnstone say be average? How does that even help? What's the point? Why is he saying it?
0: Well, I, so in my mind, it's a little bit of a trick to just get you to play. I mean, more and more often I realize that improvisation is so much about the process more than it is about the product, which is why, in my mind, it doesn't jive well with television, which relies upon a consistently good product. Mm -hmm. Because you can't, because there are no guarantees with improvisation. And so you've really got to take, if you you want it to be consistently, you know, good in a consistent way, you have to take some of the improvisation out of it, I think. Mm -hmm. Some of the unknown out of it. Anyway, that's a little bit of a side note but i think that the the idea of you do an improv when you're playing and the thing that's going to keep you from playing is thinking that what you do has to be really good then that'll keep you in your head and off the off in the side in the sidelines or in the wings and if you allow yourself permission to be average you don't have to do anything interesting out there just go just mm-hmm. just go and do something super average out there then it gets you on stage and on stage is where the action happens not in your head off stage mm-hmm. so it just gets you I think it's a mindset to get you where you need to be to discover what is going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a, a stand-in for let go of striving, right? Let let go of trying to do yeah. anything. Yeah. The point isn't actually to be average, but it's like if you, I'm putting this in air quotes, strive to be average. Yeah. Then you're not trying to do anything in particular. You just you know, pushing the ball forward well, or taking the next step. you don't step need to strive
0: to be average. Like, like so, the, so sometimes I've had students be like, well, I, I went on stage to be average and then everybody really laughed at what I did and so was I average enough? Right. The point is not to be average. Right. It's kind of a trick, right? It's like a trick. The point is not to be average. The point is to release yourself of the need to be good. Right. Release yourself of the need to be good in the same way that we don't celebrate failure but we do transform our relationship to failure. Yeah. Give yourself permission to be average, so you get out there.
1: I think it. I think doing that puts us in touch with our truer creativity, right? It's like the difference between um, Salieri and Mozart. Mm-hmm. You know that Salieri was this guy who was, cra- who was skilled, played by the numbers and did everything in a certain way, and but it lacked a certain soul. His yeah. music lacked a certain soul, and here comes Mozart, his rival, and
0: and it comes just, naturally whoosh, to him
1: just flows through him and all of a sudden it's got this passion and this this ability to move people in a different way. Yeah, It feels like that, you know, so I might be technical enough with my improv skill to calculate and, oh, this will be good. I'll say this and I can put this kind of, but if I'm not just being present with what is, trusting that that's enough, trusting the the brilliance of that, like then I'll never get to. If I can't do that, I'll never get to the real genius. Does that make yeah. sense?
0: Yes. And uh, Salieri probably would never be Mozart, right? Like right. So there's th- so that's an interesting that's an interesting comparison because well, it's not like ah oh, if only he would have let go he would have been brilliant like Salieri might have never been brilliant. Maybe not. And so in the absence of, I mean I don't know what I don't know where this leads exactly but in the absence of brilliance. We have craft. Yeah. And when the two combine, then it's magic. Like, I don't think you can have one without the other and get very far.
1: Well, one of the things I love about this this notion of be average in improv world is that you're at what feels obvious to you yeah. may be delightful to me yeah. because I never would have thought of it, right? So when we play the game three things and I give you a category... Uh, You know, three things that you'd be surprised to find on your grandmother's shelf. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't
1: know what you're going to say, but I have a set of possibilities in my mind. And you say, what would you say? A dildo. Uh
0: Uh-huh. A shrunken head. Mm hmm. Mm, A pipe.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I didn't think you were going to say those three things. And I don't think you were trying to be funny. No. Even though the word dildo has comedic value in and of itself. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless of the meaning. Let it be noted. Yeah. Uh, that uh, your obvious or average is going to be delightful to other people mm-hmm. and that when we just trust that then some magic can happen mm-hmm. you know so
0: well it's also in improv you're you're not responsible for it on your own yeah, so quit yes. thinking that you need to come up with a great idea the greatness Lies in the mixture of your thing and someone else's thing. And so, yeah. like, I just think that all of this be average just lowers the barrier to entry to the stage.
1: And it's the stage where the, the shared stage, you're doing something with other people, with a litician, with a musician, yeah, where the alchemy can happen. And then yeah. something zips into place. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it feels like it is absolutely a trick and a mantra to get you playing. And once you're playing, the good stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But you can't figure it all out. On the sidelines. And you and if you wait until you have a brilliant idea, you'll just be waiting forever, I think.
1: There's something akin to that with uh, writing, whether it's um, writing prose or poetry or writing music or songs that somebody taught me once, which was really helpful. And I used to use it with my students. Um, I'd be like, oh, but I want to write a great song. And somebody said, write a bad song. Like... Go ahead. Try to write a bad one.
0: Yeah,
1: and just do it, and it, it like loosens up the juices. Yeah, and, you know, because I, the
0: point is, you need to be writing.
1: Right. And have
0: I told you this? I forget if I talked about this on the podcast.
1: I don't know. I don't know what this is.
0: Pottery class. It's about pottery class.
1: Keep going doesn't sound familiar. There were
0: two different pottery classes. One was told, well, two different groups of people taking pottery class, and one was told to take all the time that you need to make really well-crafted oh, yeah, pieces. We did, yeah. And the other person, the other group was told, it doesn't matter how good these are. Your point is make as many of them as possible so they can be crappy. Just keep making them. Right. And what they found at the end of the experiment was the people who were focusing on quantity instead of quality made better quality stuff mm-hmm. because they were making. Mm-hmm. And there's no substitute for making to get better at making. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you know, time doesn't make up for experience. Right. That sounds deep. I don't know if it is. <laughs> it sounds deep. Whoa. We'll think about it. So the the idea of like, just get in there. And like, they don't have to lock be about, good. Yeah, muck yeah, about. Make a bunch of average pots or mugs or whatever they are. And with
1: each one, you're, you get a little bit more understanding, a little bit more. Even
0: if you don't know that you're doing it. Even mm-hmm. if that's not the point.
1: Mm-hmm. I may have mentioned when you talked about that I may have mentioned Andy Goldsworthy's rock sculptures I think you did and he's like building a, a a cairn of rocks on the at the sea and you watch him in this movie Rivers and Tides and it, he's taking a long time to build it and it falls and then he builds it up again and it falls again and third time it falls again and you just you see him his frustration and his, but then he takes a deep breath and they ask him you know like what's going on he says well you know, each time, I gain a little bit more understanding of the stone. And he said, clearly, I don't understand it well enough yet. Wow! Like, oh, that's so good. God. You know, but he's not—he's not trying to build the perfect thing. He's just kind of getting in there and
0: just start.
1: He's doing something, right? You do something. I love it when teachers give permission to to be average, to
0: not be good,
1: to not be good, and yeah. it just. I wonder sometimes maybe does it not get to our best stuff? If I'm if I say I'm going to be happy with B or B plus level work, well, see that is that's different. That's
0: different. It's You're, different. It's different. But, it's really different.
1: Yeah, but if I like, okay, I'm going to be average. Yeah, B or B plus, that's fine. It feels like it. it maybe it. It saps ambition, but but I think that a certain kind of ambition is poisonous. You know, as we've been mentioning, it just sort of... I
0: it, mean, this just feels like a classic case of this is not uh, applicable in all situations. Right. It's not like this is a across the board, average is best. And it's also about starting, not finishing. Mm, I think yeah, that's so. That's important. So the, so the point of be average isn't like, and if you're average, then you're good enough. Like if you're, right. and if you do average work, that's what we're going for. It's like, no, we're not going for anything except you getting in there. So I think it really is, well, this is an interesting question. In what situations is be average helpful advice? Mm. I think creative endeavors.
1: I would, sure. I would grant that. Maybe. Uh, anything where it, you know, the point is to get out there and do something. Yeah. I I think it's a great challenge to... Our notion, uh, our cultural notion that we need to achieve. Mm-hmm. When we talked about this seminar, aspiration versus versus acceptance episode. But you know, we who says we have to achieve? Why do we have to be better than somebody else?
0: Yeah.
1: Why not just be good? We're mm-hmm. like fine to be a participant. Why does everybody have to be a leader? Yeah. Can we be participants and a followers? A really excellent and, follower.
0: Yeah, and just yeah.
1: be part of a community and like. I'm doing my part, and you see me every day, and we say hello, and I carry my weight and contribute, and I don't need to stand out. Right, such a an American cultural thing that you know you got to be at the top. You
0: got to go do your own thing. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, And I'm trying to think of in the mindfulness world how be average applies. I think there's this notion that sometimes people get into like I want to be a really good meditator and having this desire for Doing everything the best,
0: yeah.
1: And again, it's like you know, you can just be a normal human being who your mind's going to wander, and you sit down and you practice.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I think meditation is the same thing. If you're doing it, you're doing it. That's right. Uh, so that's that. So that's where yeah. the success is measured. Are you doing it? Then you're doing. Then that's it. Then you've done it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You've achieved success. And and
1: the beginner doing it. Is as here's the air quotes again successful as the master?
0: Yeah, I think so. In I think some that way. that's actually true. I don't know that it's an air quotes thing. Mm. I think that your relationship to the to the quiet changes, and right. you know, to the to the focus, and and it changes. But I think Zen mind, beginner's mind. Like I think that the the master is doing the same work as the beginner, right? And isn't doing uh, the on work. on some level, yeah. Isn't doing the work the point? Like how? Like do you think so or no?
1: I think part of the point is develop is as we've talked about is changing your defaults and creating new abilities and new mental pathways and so you know where I think the the long-time practitioner is going to be more skillful or more further along in a in a real way that matters is that they will be less reactive to life circumstances uh-huh. than someone who's just beginning. So
0: But in terms of meditation
1: But in terms of the yeah, the aim of meditation or the intention of meditation. No, I think it's the same. Yeah. Right, but to be able to have a life experience happen, to feel it fully, and then to let it go.
0: Yeah.
1: More quickly. I think that's a sign of somebody who's done some more work. Sure. Right. In fact, I thought about this the other night when, when we got out of the Hamilton show. Uh, and we got back to my car, and my car had been broken into. Yeah. And I was pissed because it's the fifth time I've experienced this in my two and a half years here. Yeah. And I noticed half an hour later that I had let myself feel angry, but that it was gone pretty quickly. And I was like, oh, that's kind of good. I like yeah. that. And I was still had to deal with it the next day and call somebody to get my window replaced. But I did that, and I changed my insurance policy, so now i don't have a deductible for the next time it happens, <laughs> <laughs> and it was sort of functional. But the, I, that's the goal of part of the goal of practice to me, is to create that new mechanism. So something happens, okay. I feel it. I probably got more angry than I would have five years ago. Uh
0: huh. Because you let yourself. Because I let myself feel that. Yeah.
1: And then it passed through like a wave through the system, and then. Whoosh, yeah. You, know, kind of back you were to, done with it. Back you processed it again. and you were done with it. Right. Yeah. And then I realized the next morning they had taken my rain jacket. <sighs>
0: jerks. Yeah. Dry. Dry jerks. They're They're, they're dry. dry out there.
1: At least, at least that's something maybe they needed, right? You hope.
0: Yeah, or they needed the money they thought they could get for it. For um, drugs.
1: For drugs. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's one story we could tell.
0: But maybe they really needed the drugs.
1: That's like the time my car got broken into and they stole eight copies of the book. Finding Peace in a Frantic World. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we were talking about them. I think we talked about that, too. <laughs> Out there peddling this, hey, psst,
0: hey. Find Peace in a Frantic World. Oh,
1: you need some meditation, dude?
0: It's <laughs> <Yes>, totally amazing.
1: <laughs> Out there with this, the used DVDs and the jewelry uh, and the yeah. San Francisco Giants some handkerchiefs. Some stolen bikes. Some stolen bikes. And, and, and some Finding Peace in a several, Frantic World. <laughs> several
0: copies of a meditation book. <laughs> Uh, I, I think be average is like really comforting advice a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And I find that it's comforting when I fear that I need to be something that I don't have access to.
1: Mm, like what?
0: Like better than I am.
1: <laughs> what So what's the word... Where's, what's an example specific? Can you think Mm, of a specific? Like if I'm
0: giving a talk or if I'm teaching a class and it's a, some, some kind of high stakes and it's like, oh, but I want it to be really good. Mm. And it's like, just let it be what it is. Mm. Just go do what you think is going to work and see. Mm -hmm. And don't, how about you not need it to be really good? Okay. And it's not that I don't want it to be really good. I do want it to be really good, but but it kind of relaxes me going into it of mm-hmm. like or or whatever it is, any sort of high stakes conversation or situation. It's like I need to prepare. I need to do my part. Right. This is where mm-hmm. it's not like I'm going to shoot for average. It's not about that. It's like I'm going to allow myself to be simply what I am.
1: Oh, that's nice. There's a there's a, there's a radical self acceptance in it. Yeah. Behind it,
0: I think it includes in it the belief that what you are. Is Enough already that you don't have to reach for something outside of yourself and bring it to bear Mm -hmm. You just have it. Mm -hmm. So your average is already enough
1: That reminds me of doing Different ways of doing yoga and how some people who teach yoga or do yoga It's like about really stretching or some coaches athletic coaches It's about really stretching to feel the burn and like push yourself, you know
0: Have you had those yoga teachers?
1: Uh, yeah. You have? Not for very long. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's not my style. I've had it more along the lines of coaching and physical trainers or... Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Anyway, carry on. But that sort of pushed through. And when I was studying uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction, I loved the way our teachers taught the mindful movement, which was when you feel yourself coming to a limit, notice it, and then pull back 15%. Mm percent So you're not even going to your limit. Right. You're not even really stretching. You're just experiencing what's there at the edge. Yeah. But this side of the edge rather than the other side of the edge. Yeah. And I love that. I love hanging out in that space of, okay, I'm kind of walking around the boundary a little bit, paying attention to what's going on. And, oh, there's my shoulder and I could feel that. So I'll pull back a little bit and there I am just here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that there's a, that's enough already yeah and in doing that of course you get stronger and your edge yeah. gets pushed further out
0: i don't think i, I also so that's in a situation where there's real value to pushing yourself mm-hmm. you know there's there's value to like stretching your boundaries and going beyond what feels doable i think there's value to that and if you want to get better sorry in a fitness in a fitness world the way you build muscles you is you is you push yourself beyond what you already can do and it is painful or it hurts or it's it's hard work and then you recover and then you're a little bit stronger right
1: yes there i think however there's there's a notion about what's the attitude you do that with like and how far do you go sure right so what i think what i think these teachers were saying was that you can still develop further strength Uh without going to that point
0: Uh Although I feel like these teachers aren't teaching. It's not strength training.
1: No, it's not but but even doing it that way You still develop more strength. Yeah, because each time you go to that boundary it pushes out a little bit further
0: Yeah, I guess I just want to be clear that like this is maybe one of those situations where it's like yeah The average doesn't apply when you're really seeking to get better fast at something that is like That that is like right it's like if I want to run and I want to increase my speed I could increase my speed over the next year Never pushing myself, but running three times a week, and eventually I would get right. faster, or I could like be very focused about this is my goal, this is my goal, this is my goal. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, yeah, you know. would um, but, but that feels really different than a creative endeavor. It feels really different mm. than feeling like I need to be like inherently, I need to be better than I than I currently am, or I, I need to really strive to be the the best, although I, I don't know. there's times when I'm sure it's fine to like strive to be the best. Right, I'm sure there's times when it when it's really helpful, and is appropriate.
1: My instinct is that that kind of clutching or striving, it carries a tension Mm -hmm. that is detrimental in the long term. Yeah, that even if we build up the ability, we're less motivated, we're less likely to return to it because Mm. it's got this tension associated with it. Yeah, and it's kind of like training an animal with punishment. Right, right. It's like well, yeah, you might. If you kick your dog, you might get it to stop doing whatever it was that it was doing. But it's not going to want to be around you. Yeah, It's not going to trust you. It's not going to like you. And so kind of the same thing with our bodies or with our creative abilities. Like, maybe I can do that now. But anytime I go to do it, there's this toxic residue in my system, whether it's physical or psychic. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but we don't, we didn't want to do that, right? And and what you were saying about speed, I think, makes a difference. It's like, of course, there are times that we need to do things quickly. And that that desire to do things faster, to have things be more convenient, is part of that tension or clutching or, you know, trying to, oh, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. Because I've got a triathlon that I have to train for, you know. Yeah. It could be great fun. It could be great results out of it. Yeah. I still think there's some some residue left behind when we when we clutch that way. Yeah. That's what I posit.
0: Yeah, I believe you. I'm trying to think about how that jives with, like, people who really love the push. Mm-hmm. They love pushing their bodies.
1: <laughs> right. Could just be that I'm just not it's ambitious. Not, it's
0: not comfortable. I know I don't like it. Right. <laughs> like, I, I am the type who will run just leisurely for the next year right. and be and be happy with that. But there are people who, like, really love the push. And it's not that it's... They don't want to be average, and they get off on get on being fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different mode.
0: And like how how that I'm wondering if there's some home for that, like wanting to wanting to be excellent, right? This aspiration mm-hmm. versus acceptance, kind of believing that what I have is enough, and I'll go and I'll show up and I'll do my thing, and also ultimately wanting to be excellent.
1: Mm-hmm. Why would you want to be excellent? I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm sort of tossing this question into the ether for both of us or for our listeners. Why why would you want to be excellent? What is it, What do you get out of it?
0: Respect. Renown. Mm-hmm. A reputation. More work. People like you and that feels good. Mm-hmm. Be a name people recognize. Like all of those things are nice. Mm-hmm. That all feels good. Uh, to know that you are playing at the top of your game. So there's some kind of gratification of magic can happen. I'm thinking with improv.
1: Through you or with you, you mean? Yeah, like the
0: better I am at this craft, the more magic can happen on stage. And that Mm. is fun.
1: That's cool. so so, so so, I want to be
0: as consistently as outstanding as I can be so that new, crazy, awesome shit happens on stage.
1: Right. It's in service to this other thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's And, and... Teaching is so exciting when you can can help bring people to a place with that they feel really good about the work that they're doing. And I want to do that more consistently. Mm-hmm. And excellent teachers do that.
1: That's compelling to me. This notion of wanting to be excellent in the service of something else. For me, there's part of it. I, I totally resonate with it because I want people to like me. I yeah. want to be loved. I want people to want to hang out with me.
0: Yeah, I want to be world famous.
1: Um I want to be more financially secure there's also something about I love when things are done really well like there's a beauty and a and an inspiration that I get from seeing other people do something really well and like with Hamilton yeah right so excellent Wow so I would like to be that inspiration for other people and it's also in a similar kind of uplifting way right that it feels a little less clutchy, though. It feels more like a magnet.
0: Yeah, than, but how? A grip. I
1: don't know. That's, the, that's an interesting question. You
0: want to be excellent. How do you? Well, it's, how yeah. do you square that with allowing yourself to be average? Right. Or what ah, well, shooting for average. Not shooting for average, but like. Not. Maybe it's this thing of like you trust in the process and you let go of the immediate. Right. You trust that by doing thing, whatever it is, teaching, performing, pottery, by doing it, you get better because it, inevitably you learn. And that the, so whatever helps you do it, that's the, that's the, that's yeah. the place to focus. Do it
1: and stay present with it.
0: Do it. Just, just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And so if the thing that's keeping you from doing it is, well, I'm afraid if I, get out there before I'm ready, it's not going to be excellent. Well, then you're not doing it, and that's going to be the thing that makes it mm-hmm. not excellent, ultimately, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, there's, you know, sometimes it's like, I, I've, written, I've written songs where it just came out. It came out exactly as it ended up. Boom, there it was. It was done. And not that it couldn't be improved, but, like, where did that come from? Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't striving to write a good song or it just kind of boom there it was and there are other times writing songs where i've had to like labor for it and really think about it and construct the rhymes and oh no i want to put it in a different chord progression or something who knows who knows what makes a different like why does it happen one way one time and another way another time and yeah. how do you cultivate that or invite that i'm intrigued by this notion though of why do we want to be excellent like to what extent is it about ego and to what extent is it about service or reaching full possibility? Mm-hmm. Like not, not out of ego, but out of, this is a gift to be alive. And am I honoring that gift by reaching what I'm fully capable of? Mm. You know, like I've just got this little window of time here.
0: Let's make the most of it.
1: Make the most of it. And in order to do that, I want to be the best I can. Yeah. Takes a kind of discipline, you know.
0: Be average.
1: I think partly it's be average is such a powerful little mantra or maxim because, it, as we talk about so often, it goes against our default, which is this striving, clutching. Yeah. You know, I have to, if it's not good enough, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it just says, relax, relax all that. Just put something out there. Trust it'll be fine. And so it's got that real power, but yeah, I, I I think I agree with you that it's, it's really a proxy for get out there, get out there, try something, say something, do yeah. it, whatever. Yeah. Stop trying to, trying to be anything.
0: Right. What if you only need to be average? Yeah. All yeah. right. Is that going to get you to play? Good. Then be average. Right. So it's na- a trick.
1: Be average. Be natural.
0: It's a little bit of a trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah but it's a but it works yeah. even if you know that it's a trick it works yeah and then
1: and then behind the trick i think there's a real wisdom in it you know if we say be average be natural be yourself you're enough you're enough that's quite profound
0: that is quite profound
1: and it's not just a trick to get you out there it's yeah. like
0: something you can believe
1: everything's already there yeah and and i think it we're you know now we're pointing to this like fundamental paradox which is at the center of life in all religions it's you know Yep, we're these tiny little things in this huge galaxy. We don't matter at all. We're nothing. Yeah. And we're
0: every all- one of us
1: is divinely unique and precious and an expression of the unfolding of the universe that has never, been happen- never happened before. Yeah. And how valuable is that? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're just be average. So Div- great,
0: you're already divine. You're divine. Chill out.
1: And then actually, no, you're not. Work on it, get better.
0: Yeah, I
1: feel like both can be true at the same time. Right. <laughs> oh, my friends, now we have to, we've uh, stepped into the realm of mystery. Hmm. <laughs> the old philosophers' hats am, are on.
0: I am thinking about Hamilton.
1: Okay, say more. How so? Oh yeah, this there's a lot in that show. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I've got something to say too. Go ahead.
0: Well, oh. I just I'm sure there were parts during the making, the writing of the of the music. Mm. He was like, "No, this is not it. It's mm. it's it's better than this. There's something else in this." And I'm going to work to find it. I'm going to yeah. try things. I'm going to labor. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. So, it just feels really important to say that. It's like be average is a really good how do those things mesh? Like, what is mm-hmm. the... How are those both true? true. And, yeah, be average is a really good piece of advice for a certain point in the process or something. Like, right. I think that's it. It's yeah. an unlocking to get you moving. And once you're moving, then you're making it. You're doing it, yeah. you know?
1: So when you referred back to Hamilton, I thought you were going to say something about the characters. No. So for those who but haven't... Hamilton, stri- for, he yeah, strikes. Exactly. For those who haven't seen it, we get you get this parallel story of... Alexander Hamilton and and Aaron Burr, who are both striving, and they have their careers move in parallel. But Aaron Burr is always just a little bit, little step behind Alexander Hamilton.
0: He's cautious, and And Hamilton is is Hamilton is
1: brash and bold, and like I'm going for it. it." Uh, He goes for it hard. Yeah, you know I'm not giving away my shot. Yeah, not throwing away my shot. And Burr is like, talk less, smile more. Just don't get don't Don't ruffle feathers,
0: and you'll get where you need to go.
1: And um, it's fascinating to watch them both. And so, yeah. So Hamilton is somebody who's like, no, I'm going for excellent. I want our nation to be excellent. I want our family to be excellent. I want us, Mm -hmm. you know. And he gets somewhere because of it. right. And he has that kind of brilliance and resonant long-term mythological resonance partly because of it, Yeah, you know.
0: One of the podcasts has begun purring. So I don't know where that... Then, I, then I'm not sure how... Where does B. Average live in that?
1: That's a great question. I, I don't think that's part of that story. Yeah. I don't think that, that particular wisdom or that thread of wisdom is, in, is part of that story.
0: Yeah. He wasn't locked up. He had no problem getting in there.
1: That's right. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't something he needed and he yeah one one can wonder did how to what extent did he accept himself yeah right so cuz when he was younger he didn't have much and he was orphaned and so he was always trying to prove himself yeah but i think it was that he was he was trying to serve something larger you know so his his boldness and his his desire to achieve was within a much larger context that wasn't about him right
0: and in a way Aaron Burr's was absolutely Aaron Burr's was about him
1: absolutely he says you his know,
0: career where he gets what he gets to do he I wants want, to be in the room where it happens he wants to be in the
1: room where it happens yeah. not that's the name of one of the songs not because it's going to serve the country but because he wants to be one of the people in the room
0: yeah you
1: know yeah I think that's a big difference
0: yeah that's interesting
1: so it's like if you're going for greatness is your greatness for you
0: Or does your greatness serve something else? Is it
1: serving something bigger?
0: Fascinating.
1: Okay, so that's like, in Buddhism, you know, there's a right intention. So part of the eightfold path, the way to remove suffering. And of all the striving, of all the things you could strive for, there's only two things that qualify as right intention. Mm. One is to achieve wisdom the real insight to understand the way things truly are and the way that things are interrelated and that change is real and, you know, happens all the time, uh, that our self is, there's no such thing as a separate self. So t- to strive to gain that wisdom is one. And then the other is to end suffering for all beings. And so if you're striving for those two things, strive away.
0: So being a great improviser is not part of Buddha's, <laughs> Buddha's path. He's not... Well, it might
1: be part of a path, but striving to be a great improviser would not be one of the things that would... Although... Unless you're doing it to end suffering. To I am. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or to achieve insight into the truth of how things are.
0: I actually think both of those things come into play. I think
1: improv is a vehicle that can do that.
0: It It touches on both of those things. It can take you there. God, I like that. I like that there's two things worth striving for.
1: And then even then, I think some Buddhist teachers or many would say... Yeah, if you strive for that too hard, you're not gonna get there either. Yeah. But within the worldview as I understand it, mm-hmm. that's kind of like anything else you're you're really shooting for? Mm.
0: Not that important. It's
1: not right intention. You can right let it go. It, look to gain true wisdom, look to end suffering for all beings. Yeah. You're on the right
0: path. He says as he strokes a purring cat. <laughs> You have like, ended. You have ended Puck suffering. I feel
1: like. Oh, I was gonna say. I feel like Doctor Evil and Austin Powers.
0: <laughs> that, I don't think that cat was purring. Somehow.
1: No. So, all right. All right. Well, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Again. Once again, I don't think we have any answers for anybody. Mm-hmm. We've we've explored some territory. Yeah. Try being average, people. Play with it.
0: And what's the next thing you're gonna be average about? Do you have a thing
1: coming up? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Well, I'm thinking of this training. So I got into this training with Patsy Rodenberg for the summer, month-long training this year, month-long training next year. And if I go do it, it's going to be crazy to be in Manhattan. But uh, what's it like to go into that kind of endeavor and not try to be really good
0: yeah not to, try to impress your colleagues and classmates and, and peers and, and just,
1: teacher and
0: just be who you are just
1: be who i am and like take it in and be committed yeah we have to so when i did the six-day training in april we had to learn a shakespearean monologue for this one we have to read like eight classics of western literature there's like Dante and cool. Cicero. And, well, you
0: gotta like get going on that, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's in July, August. Yeah,
1: yeah. July. It's in July, beginning of July, all of July through. Okay, oh it
0: sounds like summer reading cramming for honors English. It's great, and
1: I'm like, um, can I add in some writers of color? Like, can I add some feminist writers of color, please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we get some bell hooks on this list?
1: Because <laughs> it's just all you know. Sure. Like the white guys of yore. Yeah. Like I,
0: eh, eh. <laughs> okay. Can I at least
1: get a Welsh poet? Like, can I, can Welsh, I do David White?
0: Welsh counts as diversity in <laughs> that canon. No, but at least he's contemporary. I love it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's what I'll be average with. Great. That's what I'm. How about you? Uh,
0: well, you know that's interesting. I, I was thinking. Oh, I wonder if I have shows coming up. Like shows are kind of a place that I'm always practicing being average. In fact, I I realize my, my pre show ritual for awkward dinner party, which again maybe I've mentioned on this podcast, is I lean over to Dave and I say, "I might suck tonight," mm-hmm. and he goes, "That's okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just just name me. Just give me a name. <laughs> like you just like lower the bar for right. what you have to do out there." And then I'm like, oh, "Okay," and it really makes me feel better every time. Every time. So it powerful. Does. And I recognize that every time. I want to hear one thing, which is it's okay. You don't have to be good. It like just puts me right in the right mindset. It's great. See, that's, yep. but, but then I was thinking, well, what am I doing this weekend? And this weekend I'm going down to the coast with my sister and her wife and my two nieces and my mom. All the ladies are caravanning down all to the, the coast. Ladies.
1: All the rolling ladies.
0: All <laughs> yes, the rolling ladies. All of them. And my nieces are two and a half and three months old. And I am practicing being average in my relationship with them. I want, to, I want to have a close relationship with them. But I get caught a little bit and like, I want to be the best aunt ever. Uh, I'm going to be like an exquisite auntie. And then I'm like, oh, do I need to bring them presents? Do I need to like, what do I have to plan fun things? And it's like, just go and have a good time with them. Just mm, go be, you just got to go be there. That's it. Yeah, I like this. And I, that, that was an interesting thing. Of Sometimes I feel like I almost have to perform myself to, to be this, like, show up and be the fun one at, in whatever setting. You know, in this group or the, at this organization yeah. or at this training, or you know, bring this energy. That's whatever, and it's like you just have to go be there. Like that's actually going to be enough. You don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to be the perfect version of you because you're just already you.
1: What I hear in that is you're loved. You know, like when Dave says that to you to go on stage, like you know what? Okay. I love working with you. Yeah, we're good. That's interesting. We're all set. Yeah. You know, and with your family, it's like.
0: You're just enough. Well, you're fine. It's just, you got you got. it.
1: Be be yourself and you be the you aunt need. you are. We love you. Yeah. And we value you.
0: Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's cool. I hadn't thought about it that way.
1: Ultimately, that's kind of what we're looking for, right? We want to love and be loved. Yeah. Among free other of, things. Be free of fear. Right on. May right. you be free of fear, dear May listeners. May you
0: be free of fear. May you love and be loved.
1: Yeah. Uh, we love you. So you got that.
0: Yes. The Monster Baby Podcasts love you.
1: They and if you were here, they would sit on your lap. They and would pray. curl
0: up in your lap.
1: <laughs> okay. All
0: right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody.
1: Pleasure and uh, tell or, us.
0: Tell you know. Send us. Send us a note if you liked it.
1: And make sure it's really, really good.
0: <laughs> it better be good.
1: Actually, no. Just send us an average note. Yeah. Just you know, something. Yeah. Uh, talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye. Ciao. So there it is, episode twenty-five. People. Oh,
0: the big twenty-five. Is that silver? <laughs> I don't know. Wood? Yeah. What's the? I don't think it's wood. I think wood is like five.
1: Okay. Yeah, it seems like it'd be more valuable than wood.
0: Yeah. Let's we'll say silver. But we're so not it's platinum. Our silver anniversary.
1: Silver anniversary episode.
0: Yeah. No, that's when we've been going for twenty-five years. I don't, I don't think we can even apply a material to this episode.
1: How about like plasma? <laughs> what material? Sure. This is this our plasma pl- this is our episode. Plasma episode. Great honor. Uh,
0: what what stands out to you about that episode,
1: Ted? Um, <laughs> what's really standing out to me about that episode is how so many of our topics don't have answers, and and I like that we we go into these things not knowing, and we kind of come out not knowing. Yeah. So I'm not really sure at what point there is if there's a point. I feel <laughs> like I made a couple points, and then I either retracted them or saw the other side. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm most uh, surfing on this notion of paradox again. And this is one thing that I just, I love coming back to again and again. I think because I think it's what's, it's a true description of what it's like to be alive. Mm-hmm. It's to live in paradox. Yeah. It, mo-
0: both this and con- that.
1: Contrasting things can both be true at the same time. And isn't that cool? And isn't that baffling? And Yeah. Bad. Let's play with it and work with it and try to figure it the heck out. Right. And we never will. Right. And that's cool. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm sticking with cool. for right now. So yeah, be average is really helpful and I want to be better than average. Okay. Hmm. That's kind of what I'm sitting with now.
0: Yeah. Great. Great. So maybe maybe it's this, maybe it's I want to be better than average. I want to be more than that. I, I want to I want to do thrilling things in the world. And the way to do that like is is just to do things and the way to do things is to allow myself to do things that aren't thrilling yet. Yep. So start here and from this from this next average place that I've just walked down the road something new is going to be available to me. Yep. So there's there, there are times when it doesn't make sense to to just allow yourself to be average. There are times when it makes sense to push yourself. And I think that with improv with everything, I feel like our job on Earth, if we want to do it well, is to amass the tools that that we can, so that we can choose the ones that work the best for us when we need them.
1: In a given moment. Yeah. Yep.
0: And I think B average is it has been a huge help to me to allow myself just to go out there and ah, you don't to to relieve to relieve me of the need to be perfect because that need puts me in a place of tension and fear that I won't be. Right. And that is not a place that I can create from. Yeah.
1: And in a sense then, the tenet or maxim of be average is a tool in itself.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, well, cool. just be average. Cool. And that generally works for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Right on.
0: That's in summation.
1: There we go. I, I like that. I like that. So, all right folks, uh, we're so thankful that you're with us. We we have an invitation uh, uh, or even, I don't know, a request or hope or something. I want to encourage you to
0: spread the word. Yeah. Ooh, so one of those things is is write a review on iTunes. Yeah. Right now we have six reviews on iTunes. Can we make it ten? Uh, Can you be one of the people, of the four more people, to write a review for us on iTunes?
1: That's That would be so exciting. Yeah.
0: Let's go for ten by the uh, next time we record.
1: Excellent. And, uh, and, heck, I'll bet you've got five people in your life that you know who don't yet listen to Monster Baby Podcast who might be interested in the ideas that we talk about and explore. And so, can you share it with them? Yeah. Send it to monsterbabypodcast.com. Spread the word. Spread the word. We
0: want more monster babies in the world.
1: Be a monster baby evangelist.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and heck, you know, you can use Twitter, use Facebook. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. On Twitter, we're at Monster Baby Cast. If you put in podcasts, it's too many letters. So it's at Monster Baby Cast oh, okay. on Twitter. And uh, find us, track us down, talk to us, ask questions. Let's get a little interaction going.
0: Yeah. So tell your friends, keep listening. We thank you as always.
1: Yeah. And uh, if you want to write us directly, info at MonsterBabyPodcast.com. That's the word. We'd, uh, we'd love to get back to you.
0: Love from the podcast.
1: Enjoy the beginning of your summer, end of your spring. Uh, sunshine, flowers. Goodbye. Ciao. (laughs)